You're listening to the Purpose Filled Woman Podcast with your host, author, speaker, and empowerment coach, Tyra Banks. Join Tyra each week for insightful interviews and inspiration for the Purpose Filled Woman in you. Visit ThePurposeFilledWoman.com to get even more motivation for your journey. Now, here's your host, Tyra Banks. Welcome back to Tea with Tyra. I'm your host, Tyra Banks, author of The Purpose Filled Woman, and I'm here with the beautiful Miss Lorinda Andujar, author of She Blinked, founder of Heal the City. I mean, this lady is even building websites. I don't know what to say about somebody so talented. And so I'm going to just open it up to her. We're going to run with this thing because I feel like there's so much that you have that the Purpose Filled Woman audience can benefit from. Awesome. So thank you, first of all, for having me. I am so appreciative. I love it when women um, can get together. And I love breaking the stereotypes that women of, of color cannot collaborate. Preach. So I think it's an amazing thing that what you're doing and what you're highlighting and spotlighting yes. people and just sowing selfishly, selflessly into the community. So I appreciate that. But like I said, I'm Lorinda Andyhart. Like you said, I am an author, a new author. I'm working on my second book already. Um, Confessions of a Serial Dater, mm. just to talk about Super my life. Cool. Yes, I'm excited about that thing. But um, what brought me here today was just my love for people. Mm -hmm. um, the need to be transparent, the need to be authentic, the need to be a beautiful mess and not care what anybody yes. else thinks about you. Um, I, I went through life a long time pretending to be somebody I wasn't, wearing masks, all for the sake of being appreciated or trying to be um, in the in crowd or just trying to just get along mm -hmm. and just to, to be noticed or just to be loved, just to be appreciated. So in this point in my life, it took me 45 years to get to the point oh. where I loved the hot mess that I am. I love mm -hmm. my quirks. I love my flaws. And I really don't care what anybody thinks. I'm going to help people. And I'm going to do the thing that is not politically correct. Amen. I mean, you don't even look 45. So let's, <laughs> first of all, let's start there. We're going we're gonna to skip the purpose part for just a second and talk about what is going on with your skincare regimen. <laughs> look, so there's a little sponge that you can get at Walmart uh -huh. that exfoliates the skin off your face. Mm. And I just wash my face with Dove and that uh -huh. every single day and... Amen. We got like, you know we got that. Is there a crack? <laughs> I mean, the black don't crack, but I still got some wrinkles. I'm trying to find this out. Okay. You know, what was so powerful to me when I met you was to watch this beautiful woman, because I was in the sanctuary before you walked in. So I watched this beautiful, tall woman walk in. There's a lot of pantsuits. <laughs> I stared at the pantsuit. Tell me walk out. The okay. She walked in with this fly pantsuit on, face made up. You were just as gorgeous. And to sit down and open up like a book, you were so just open and transparent. And, you know, somebody could have looked at it and said, oh, she's got nails and she's got lashes and she's probably never been through anything. Mm -hmm. And to open up and talk about your pain, tell us what got you to the place of courage to tell your story. And then I want you to tell just a little bit of your story. So I think the thing that got me to the place was a moment. And I remember it like it was yesterday. It was Father's Day. Um, I was in Bronson, Florida. We were standing in front of the Circle K. My daddy was there. And I went in the store, in the Circle K, and got him a Father's Day card. I got him the Father's Day card, and I gave it to him, and he started to cry. And at that moment, God said, now you've been holding this thing against your daddy all this time. 
and look at all that pain inside of him. You have no right to hold him hostage mm -hmm. to what happened to you. And God healed me in that moment, and that sparked everything that I do. Um, it sparked the need to be transparent, the need to wonder why people do the hurtful things that they do and to understand that because no sin is greater than the next sin. Mm -hmm. So even though he molested me, there's, that's no greater than me lying. Now the, the, the backlash and the pain of that may be different, yeah. but no sin is greater than the next sin. That's a powerful way to balance that out. So how did you forgive your father for molesting you? Because when I saw that pain in him, when he was crying, at that moment said, God was like, somebody did it to him. Mm. It was a learned behavior. So people, when they know better, they do better. Yeah. So people are thinking that this is the normal. To the person outside looking in, it's abnormal. And that's just not what we do. So it's almost like uh, when you see... Families that have a lot of incest. Mm -hmm. That is how it happened in that family. That's right. And it was always that way. What we don't repair, we repeat. And then the phrase, what goes on in this house stays in this house, has broken more. Oh, if I could burn that phrase up. Than, any, than war yes. has broken people. Yes. And Frederick Douglass said, um, he said, if it's easier to love a child than yeah. to repair a broken, broken man. man. And when we correct someone, we don't necessarily correct them in love. Yeah. We, we correct them from a place of indignation and you should have known better because I never made these mistakes, so you shouldn't make those mistakes. Oh, that's why my nonprofit exists. Because there are two populations, in my opinion, are that are on the brink. Mm -hmm. And it's the, the young boy or girl who is struggling to focus in school, who maybe has some household issues going on mm -hmm. that they can't explain, they have rage, they feel neglected, untaken care of, unloved, mm -hmm. and so they act out or they don't care or they're right. apathetic. Mm -hmm. Well, guess what? We can turn that around. We just got to give them hope and give them adults that love them, Absolutely. that can care on them. Because we're expecting, your mama should have did X, Y, Z, but what if my mom does right? Or what if I have no dad? What if I don't even know who he is, right? Some mm -hmm. of the most successful men I know that have a relationship with their fathers, mm -hmm. right? And then secondly, there are these CBC students mm -hmm. who they may not stand out on the academics, they have strong leadership ability, mm -hmm. and nobody's nurturing them. Right. But the kid who tests into the magnet program is gifted and does really well, Absolutely. can sit still and follow directions, that kid gets a lot of the love, attention, and the, the C student, the almost there, mm -hmm. the very bright, strong leader, probably outspoken, does not get nurtured. Mm -hmm. And guess what? That's the person who's primed to be your next state senator. Yes. But we don't nurture them. They didn't know that they were smart. Mm -hmm. And so that's exactly why my nonprofit exists, because if we can love on these kids who are on the brink of their spirit being broken, mm -hmm. imagine what we can see. And tell us about, and I know I'm jumping around for the audience, so y'all got to check out She Blink. Y'all got to check out Healing City <laughs> to get the backstory on this. We don't have a whole lot of time, so I want to make sure that you hit some of the key nuggets. Mm -hmm. Tell us about Heal the City for Kids. Heal the, I'm loving Heal the City for Kids because I had the opportunity to go to Asheville, North Carolina, to the Billy Graham Training Center. And that's where Heal the City Kids came about. Mm -hmm. um, God put it in my heart to have candid conversations with kids yeah. on because of my life. The rape, domestic violence, suicide, mental health issues, addiction, um, having friends in the LGB um, community, mm -hmm. how do you get them into church without being judged? Yes. Um, so that got, that got spawned from just 
going to being invited to speak at that event. So we talked about, we did some actual skits where the parents had to come to a child and they came to the parent and they told their parent that they were pregnant. And the parents didn't know what we were going to do, and we put them on the spot, and they had to walk through that thing in love. And then when we had the candid conversations, they talked about how hard it was to walk in love because why are you having sex, and how did I not know you were having sex? But now the baby's here, now I can't make you feel like you're a failure. We have to walk in love through this thing. Or um, the child that comes and says, Mom and Dad, I think I'm gay. Mm -hmm. So instead of saying, get out my house, why do you think that? Did something happen? Mm -hmm. This is what the word says. But how do you feel about that? Let's go, maybe let's go to counseling on different issues. So there was a need because when I asked the children, how many of you feel comfortable going to your parent or have someone that you could talk to if something was going on? And two kids out of about 40 said they had someone that they trusted enough to go to. Everybody else said no. Everybody else said no. Yeah. Or would say nothing. And then at the end of this event, when we were going around, we did a, a thing where you had to turn to the person to your left and give them an affirmation, something about them, and, and them learning that positive affirmation is, is not just about your looks. I can tell you you're yes. smart and you're creative and different things. And the one little girl, when we asked them what did they learn from it, she said, I learned that I'm worthy of love. And that no matter what anybody else says, I'm enough. So hearing a 13-year-old child say that and realize that and seeing the lights come on and seeing the ones that didn't like to receive the compliments and the mm -hmm. ones that did, wondering, okay, so now we talk about why don't you like compliments? Well, yeah. because my parents are really hard on me and nothing I do is good enough. So compliments feel thick. There you go. Yeah. yeah. That's what you're supposed to do. How did you get the courage to create Heal the City, a woman who had been molested, um, correct me wrong, you were molested and raped, and then got into an abusive marriage. Mm -hmm. So how did you find Lorinda and then say, I know enough of me, or I'm strong enough in myself to stand up and say, I'm going to start a nationwide organization. Actually, now I'm a national mm -hmm. organization. I think the first time that I spoke to a group, and then all of a sudden, because statistics say that 6 out of 10 kids are molested, and I was like, no, it has to be more than that, more like 9 out of 10 kids are being molested. And I stood in a group of about 15 um, people, and 75% of them had been molested by a family member or had been raped. So that told me that there was a very high need for us to go and have these conversations because we're continuing to repeat these bad behaviors. And there's things that I wanted people to look for in their children. Like I had hygiene problems when I was young and that all stemmed from, and I'm going to get transparent and real with you, it stemmed from my father having oral sex with me and asking me if I had a bath. Because if I felt that if I did not take that bath, he would not touch me. Yeah. So I developed poor hygiene because that was a the protection, that was the defense mechanism for me. So if you have young boys or girls that don't want to take baths, there's a reason that they don't want to take bath. Or if I have a child that is promiscuous all of a sudden, mm -hmm. somebody's showing them something or touching them or on the way to do that. So I needed parents to know that 
when your child starts doing these things and the behaviors change, there's something associated with that. If there was not a death or something else that's happening in that family and you need mm -hmm. to pay attention because you can have the perfect household and things go on right under your nose and you do not know until it's too late. Because let me tell you, kids are very afraid, right? So my, uh, my son, who's five, had a cousin who was pushing him around and kind of shoving him and kind of hitting him. Guess why he didn't tell? Because he thought that I would, because he felt like, Mom, I knew you were hurting. I knew you were whooping. Mm -hmm. I knew you were beating bad. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I, you know, I had to check myself because I'm like, how many times have I told this baby? Now you let me know if anybody ever hurt Because I'm going to kill him. Come on. And, and I'm scaring the child from telling me because he's like, I love my cousin. I don't want anything to happen to him. Right. But he's also pushing me around a little too hard. Mm -hmm. right? right. And so I think about that sometimes because there's no manual mm -hmm. to raise children. Right. You know. How do we empower our young people and let them know that even if you can't talk to mommy, talk to somebody else? How do we have that conversation? Just like we're having a conversation right now. Mm -hmm. Because like you said, there's no manual and there's no instruction. We need to create an environment where our, fit, our kids feel comfortable coming to us. Mm -hmm. um, we can't say, come to me, but in the side of the mouth when they come to me, no, I ain't got time. Yeah. Because they're going to go to someone else and they're going to give them their version of it. And your child may be the one to suffer especially if they get a predator. So just making it a comment of saying, you know what, let's put the cell phones down for a minute. Mm -hmm. Let's have a conversation. How was your day, baby? Yeah. And making sure we're talking to them while we're not multitasking. Yeah. We're giving them That's our nice. undivided attention. Or, you know what, let's go get some ice cream. They not, not, we're going to get this ice cream. We're going to go do something right now. Or just saying, you know what, I'll just sit on the chair with my son and just be quiet. Yeah. And he'll be like, what, Mom? I just love you. Yeah. I love you so much. Yeah. And sharing your story. Because my 12-year-old son is actually reading my book. Wow. And I have people that say, you know what, I don't want my child to read that or I don't think that they should be reading this. You need to have the conversation with them before somebody else has that conversation. They need to see that you've gone through some things. And we did this, this one thing that's called Apples to Oranges mm -hmm. at one of the Heal the Cities with the kids where parents put a a map on the inside, they drew the world on the inside and they put the issues that they dealt with collaboratively mm -hmm. as a group. And then on the outside, they put what they thought that children were going through. Mm -hmm. So the kids had to do the same thing, vice versa. And then when we started talking about it, it was very similar what they were going through. Wow. Except now the kids were dealing with mass school shootings <clears throat> and different things like that. Racism um, just to the nth degree because we say it doesn't exist anymore. But when you came, the apples and the oranges were no longer apples and oranges. They were apples to apples and oranges to oranges. So once they saw that we're more alike than we're different, no matter what your age, no matter what your culture, no matter what your social economic status is, no matter what your bank account says, whether you live in a mansion or a cardboard box, we're all going through the same things. And to get people to understand that, Jim that has the $60,000 a year and Jim that has the six-figure um, bank account going in, they're dealing with the yes. same issues and their children are dealing with the same issues. It's on different levels, but we're dealing with the same exact things. And once we can break down those walls and those stereotypes, then we can have candid conversations with our kids, Absolutely. candid conversations with friends, and just build something off of that. Powerful. So tell us about the journey through counseling, through um, recovering from the abuse, uh, not only you know your marriage, but also as a young woman. What was that journey like? I tried to commit suicide. 
multiple times. The one time that I did almost get there, my breathing was at 17% when the paramedics found me. I took some pills and even, I was like, man. And I was in a mental institution for three weeks in St. Petersburg, Florida, and they made us come out of our rooms. They made us be sociable. And I wanted to go home, so I said, you know what, I, I have to pay attention to these groups and I have to pay these games. But then God started healing me in those moments, and I started singing again. I started drawing again, and I had this roommate that would just scream at night scared me so bad and I would hug her and hold her and sing to her and comfort her and I was like okay so after that God would just send me people that needed to talk and then something would happen and they'd start transforming and I'm like but God what is this and he was like trust me and then he'd send me more and more people and I'd start telling my story and then I was in Brunswick and a pastor was on stage and he said, Lorinda, he said, Lala, I watched you on a live this morning. And he said it resonated with me so much. And in front of the in front of the congregation, he stands up and he says, by the time I was eight years old, I was molested three times. And every time I speak to someone, more and more people are getting in front of crowds and they're getting liberated because they're talking about this. They're talking about the things that nobody would allow them to talk about. So that gave me the courage to continue to talk about it. I went through counseling. Um, I'm going through the grief counseling specialist now because I know people are suffering from post-traumatic stress disorder. So just talking to people and getting in the word and looking in the Bible to tell me this is not right. The, the word even talks about domestic violence. He yes. hates a violent man. So when it comes to marriage, he talks about that. And then I was looking at things like soul ties. Um, mm -hmm. And people, and that was so funny when the pastor was saying that because chapter 5 in my book is called Soul Ties. That would be a juicy show. Y'all, we might have to do a show just on soul ties. Yes. Understanding what soulmates really are. Yes. And whether or not that's uh, hindering you from living your passion and your purpose or mm -hmm. connecting with the right kinds of people mm -hmm. because you've created some soul ties somewhere. And people don't realize sex does exactly what it's supposed to do and that's why I have conversation with kids like that. Well, don't talk to them. No, they need to know because the word says he shall leave his family and cleave until his wife and that's a lifelong commitment. So there's a chemical reaction that actually happens when someone has sex and then there, it creates a bond. So if I have that, the bond doesn't go away. That's the kicker. The bond never goes away. So we wonder why people go back to damaging relationships and toxic relationships because that bond is there and it's doing exactly what it's supposed to do. So now I have these kids going through all these emotions because I didn't talk, I talked to them about sexually transmitted disease, but I didn't talk to them about sexually transmitted demons. Come on. So if we have those conversations, now we are preparing them to walk in their future and to have control of their lives or gain that control back. Yes. And um, that's a lot of different things, but God revealed those things to me in the alone time. And so it was the meditating, the yes. spending time with him mm -hmm. that brought you to awareness. Yes, you know, and I always talk about how the journey might have been horrible. But you can set an intention for the future. Mm -hmm. So when did you become intentional about parenting and intentional about taking care of yourself and intentional about things like hygiene? How did that evolve? When I saw the relationship between my mother and my grandmother, it's a toxic relationship. Mm -hmm. And a lot of things, I just saw my mom wallowing in everything mm -hmm. that happened to her. And she's one of the strongest women I know. But if she could get over this hurdle, and I said, I'm not going to have that relationship with my children. We're not going to perpetuate that. I need to pay attention to my kids. Wow. I worked all my life thinking that I'm going to work, I'm working, working, I'm going to take care of them. But at the end of the day, when I was separated from my employment, my kids were still there. Yeah. 
And now I have to deal with all this mess that I created because I thought I was doing the right thing by giving them everything else that they needed. Taking them to Disney doing this. But all they didn't need any of that. They needed, you. They needed me. They needed my time. And they needed my commitment. And they needed to know they mattered from me. They didn't, know, they didn't need to know they mattered from a teacher or their friend or their boyfriend or their girlfriend. They needed to know that mommy loves me. Even if I'm 22, 25, 26, or 30, they needed to know that I loved them and I was there and I was going to love them unconditionally. And I remember one time my son Dominic said, Mom, can I do anything right? That thing hurt me because now I know that I'm being a little bit too critical for you and I'm not preparing you like I need to prepare you. Yes. So that was my wake up. Wow, powerful. And so you begin to set an intention for your life. And you said, you know what, I'm going to be kind of transparent, right, really open. Were there voices of scrutiny and Woo. the naysayers? Woo. How did you handle that? Woo. I, you know, at first I was like, I was a put it to this perspective. Anytime I posted something and something, someone put something, I went through my feed to make sure that I didn't post something negative to correct what I did. And I was, God was like, wait a minute, who are you serving? You mm -hmm. can't serve mammon and me. It's, it's not going to happen. Juice, it real how the Holy Spirit would just boom. It was like, boom. baby. Boom. I was, and I was like, God, you're a funny dude. Yes. So now, you know, I have people, don't write that in the book. Nobody wants to hear that. You shouldn't tell people your secrets or you're too positive. I say, look at him. I'm going to be me no matter what. Yeah. And I'm going to tell my story. If you don't want to hear it, don't listen. Yeah. If you're negative, I will delete you off my page. I will take you out of my life because I'm going to love you from a distance. I'm going to love you, but you can't walk with me. Yeah. And understanding that everybody cannot walk with you in your purpose because you can't have that negativity in your ear all the time because it's going to make, I don't care how strong you are, it's going to pull you off of your, your, your purpose. It's going to pull you away from that and you're not going to be as powerful because you have all these negative voices. And I will tell you, as I was walking through Heal the City because I suffered from depression and it never goes away, mm -hmm. there were moments where I sat in that chair and I wanted to kill myself. There were times when I thought about slitting my wrists or jumping mm -hmm. off off a bridge and doing these different things but and I come to the realization the enemy can't do anything to me that God doesn't allow him to do mm -hmm. I've had Job moments I was Job where God took everything but he also gave it back and more so if God could do that even when I was not walking as I should have been walking I was that side chick I was that person that had the abortion I was that person that was just doing some stuff that I didn't wow. need to be doing but if God could love me through all of that and just continue to say you have a purpose in me if you trust me and continue to walk I will take care of you I will supply everything um, every one of your need according to my riches and glory and not yours and you keep walking and trust me I'm gonna take care of you. How could I give up? Come on. You are all up in my book and you got ready yet. So one of the things I talk about is how we are oftentimes discrediting ourselves mm -hmm. Because and I say it's ego. I think mm -hmm. it's ego 100% even if it's not the negative kind of aggressive mm -hmm. It is the I don't want anybody to know my fault. I don't mm -hmm. want anybody to be able to call me to the carpet about anything mm -hmm. The truth is, we all have weaknesses. I always tell people, Tyler Ratchet, there are several things <laughs> about Tyler that's just not good. The only good thing about me is Jesus, mm -hmm. right? And the, the transforming and renewing of my mind, yes, right? But God dog it, if there is not fear and selfishness and mm -hmm. right, all those things that live in here. Mm -hmm. The only good thing is the Savior, right? Yes. The Father. Not even in some religious way, but in the 
I wouldn't be positive if it wasn't for him. It's I relationship. Giving if it wasn't for him. Right. Come on. It's the Holy Spirit that, girl, you know you shouldn't have said it. Mm -hmm. You know you shouldn't have done that. Right? Mm -hmm. And so the powerful thing about if I get rid of and divorce myself from my personality having mm -hmm. to be amazing or mm -hmm. um, my integrity having to be perfect. The truth is it's not going to be. Mm -mm. Divorce yourself from that. Marry the Holy Spirit. Say, yes. okay, you know what, Holy Spirit, you're going to be the best thing that ever happened to me. Mm -hmm. And I need you to just walk with your girl. Yes. Right? And that that is what builds us up. That is what makes us amazing. Absolutely. It's nothing to do with us, we of ourselves. Not a, not a bit. Come on. Just saying, you know what, look, I tell people, I say, you know what, I'm goofy. So just be prepared that some yes. stuff is going to come. I call them Lorendaisms. I'm going to make up some words and I'm going to say some stuff and you just going to have to roll with me. If you can't be good with wow. breaking out in spontaneous song or me just being right. crazy just and having have fun. You know, I'm not your cup of tea. Absolutely. But I still love you. Absolutely. That's how we taping this in my house. And Lorenda can tell you, you know, I got crap all over the place. I had a five-year-old. I live here. <laughs> yes. Life, you, people need to understand that life is life. We live, yes. we let go, we lose, we cry, you're going to get snotty, you're yeah. just going to be ugly. Life is ugly. And I have a vision board and it's so funny. One of the things on my vision board was conquering the ugliness. Yes. And that's what God is doing. He's helping you conquer the ugliness knowing that you don't have to be beautiful at all times. If you can't appreciate me and love me when I'm jacked up, you don't deserve my time. You don't deserve the good Lorenda. If you can't uh -huh. sit at me with at the bus stop, you can't get in my Maserati when it comes. Amen. If you can't walk with me, you if you know God had to show me because I had a problem with no. Mm. And I took some people with me that wasn't supposed to be with me. And God said, okay, you ain't going to separate it. I'm going to do it. Yeah. And he will pull those people out of your lives. And, and my thing is separating the wheat from the tear. And that's what he continues to do in this season of my life. But I had to come to a place where like, okay, God, do come it. On. Because, and I had to realize, I give the credit to the devil. I give him entirely too much credit. Devil ain't nobody. He ain't got nothing on me. Well, a lot of it was me. Girl, all day it was me making these foolish mistakes and then want to cry. Oh, the devil was busy. The devil wasn't busy. You yeah. was busy. Busy not listening. Ugh. Because God told you in your spirit a long time ago, you're not wrong for that. Mm -hmm. This is the right thing to do. It's not going to feel good at the time. And so just preparing the audience for those moments. As you yes. walk through purpose, you're going to lose some people. A lot. There are going to be some moments where other people are going to look at you and shake their head. Mm -hmm. There are going to be some times where people are going to blame you. Mm -hmm. For things that weren't your fault. There will be some times when you're going to want to blame the devil for 100% of what was your own fault. Right? And it's about trusting God mm -hmm. for Absolutely. the, I'm going to say, the process perfecting you. Yes. Trusting Him that the process is all for a reason. Mm -hmm. It's going to work out. Mm -hmm. It's the way it was supposed to be. And knowing you never fully arrive yeah. is the key to that. Doesn't that keep you humble, though? Baby. Baby. When, you know, and I just look at God for everything that he's brought me to and the tables that I've been able to sit at and the favor that I've been given. And God, even the, the people that laid me off six months later, hired me to come in and speak to their leadership on transformational leadership. That was nobody but God. Amen. And paid me well to do it. Come on. You paid me well to do it. But you know what? I call that layoff being pushed out. Yes, There are so many times that we have been... God says, you know what, if you didn't walk away from that job and I gave you the vision that mm -hmm. I need you to walk out on, mm -hmm. somebody push you out. Oh, he drop kicked me off the cliff. He wow. didn't push, he didn't push like, you out. He was like, see, you hard-headed. I got to do this thing. Yeah, I got to just rip the band-aid off. Because you're just not going to act wow. right. But, yeah, it's and, and it's been a blessing. If you could have told me 
um, six months ago, this would be my life. It wouldn't. I, I would laugh at you because I was a lifelong person in my So you career. thought you were going to do heal the city on the side and just work at your day job? Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, okay, I'll do that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But no, God was like, that ain't, that ain't what I, and, and it was funny because he would send people to me to tell me, you're not going to be at Walmart long. God told me to tell you this. And I was like, okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. But it played out exactly how it said. I'm spending more time with my children. I'm spending time with people I mm -hmm. love. I'm learning. I'm meeting new people that have a heart for Christ, that have a heart for service, a heart for people, genuine individuals. And he and, and I like the fact that he sprinkles those in there that mean me no good. So it serves as a reminder what to look for and never yes. to get too comfortable in this journey called life because we have to keep our eyes on him yeah, and absolutely. he's got that. He's I call it the stay on your face people. They keep you on your face, don't they? Baby. <laughs> yes. Yes. And I call it just be a fence around me and Yes, Lord. And just reminding, and he will remind you that even people that mean you no good, he created those people. And he loves them just as much as he loves us. Absolutely. And just start looking at things from their perspective. And I think my journey with my organization taught me that because I started trying to understand people, the diversity, the yeah. culture, so I can deal with them and I can show them that, you know, black people are intelligent. Black people are poised. Black people can cut up. Black people are powerful. Black people just are inventive and creative and we are so innovative and we, we love and we're at, we, we're diverse and we can conquer adversity and we can bring so many things to the table and you know and this it was just so many things and God brought me to a point where he started dealing with me even with my weight since December I lost 104 pounds when you told us and I, I really feel like we gotta have a separate show because I need to go get my child from school mm -hmm. um, so tell me when we can get you back you tell me you give me a call and I'll be back because we want to do more things in the Baton Rouge area to get us ready for Heal the City so we can yeah. have a, a, a larger turnout so we can touch as many lives as we can so it can get reciprocated back into the community. Mm -hmm. So um, you tell me when, like I said, it only takes a plane. Artists, once you start to love them, they start to fall off. Right. How crazy is that? So that's a whole other episode. I am just so excited that you guys spent time with us. If you like this video, I want you to subscribe. Share it with somebody who needs to know that there's life after divorce, that there's life after the abuse, and that forgiveness can be some of the best medicine. Yes. Any final words of wisdom? Just, you know what you said, forgiveness is the best medicine. Forgiveness is not for the other person, it's for you. Absolutely. And once you can free yourself and liberate yourself from that, it's a whole other ball game. Amen. Well, we're going to have your contact information at the bottom of the screen. And so I'm super excited to have connected with you. Y'all got to check this out. She blinked and all the other, the book of she and the book of he who are going to come after this one. Yes. I'm excited. Thank you have for having day. me. My pleasure. Thank you for listening to the Purpose Filled Woman podcast. Subscribe today so you never miss an episode. For more empowerment, check out the thepurposefilledwoman.com.